hey, this week we're going to help you to plan the rest of your training business year for 2023. This is a great time if you're a consultant, if you are self-employed, because you get to look back from the beginning of the year until now and to see how far you've come because we're at the halfway point through the year. It's a great opportunity to think about the time that you've got off now. If you're taking holidays, as I am, you've a couple of weeks to reflect on what you've done this year, how far you've come, and where you want to be at the end of this year. I like to take at least three to four weeks each year to use my downtime to reflect on my goals and to think of what the rest of the year looks like. So this is the episode which we typically do round about this time of year each year. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. My name is Mark. And this is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, for trainers, coaches, people all around the world who listen to the show. And if you're just like me, someone who makes a living, a full-time income, in fact, from selling what I do, what I know, what I've learned in the form of programs, workshops, courses, keynotes, books, etc., then you're in the right place. Now, maybe you've done this already. Perhaps you want to listen to some of the guests we have each week to top up your knowledge. I know I love listening to other podcasts, but this is the one where I try and make this about you to help you with your journey wherever you are in monetizing what you've learned or what you know. Perhaps you've got some content or frameworks or models or some kind of intellectual property which you want to package up and sell in the form, again, of workshops, keynotes, etc. And that's what this show is all about. I'm Mark, as I said, I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm also a co-owner of a coaching business, and I'm a published author. Now, that sounds wonderful, but I've made loads of mistakes along the way. And this is why every single week, it's either me or a guest on the show to help you to maybe learn from the mistakes that we've all made at some point to help you on your journey. I'd love you to come back every Thursday. So for that reason, can I ask you right now to click on pause and then click follow or subscribe, depending on the platform of choice you're listening to us on. This will notify you of great episodes of the show as they come out. It costs absolutely nothing and takes only a couple of seconds. Okay, now I mentioned before the music that this week is about looking at the halfway point through the year and thinking about what we need to do to be where we want to be by the end of this year. And I know that it's easy to get stuck in the, the, the full-on nature of working for yourself, working with people, but it's also important to take time away from people to focus on yourself and think about where you want to be because downtime uh, is a great time to do some thinking, some reflection. So I want to begin today by asking you, some questions. And as you're listening to this, you could be listening to me on a flight right now or in the gym. Wonderful. If you have a chance to grab a pen and paper or even type some responses to my questions into your laptop, then wonderful. So just listen to me now as I 
try to help you by asking you questions. My goal is not to provide the solutions. This part of the show is to help you to think about the kinds of answers that make sense to you. So let's start, okay? First of all, I'd like you to ask yourself, what has worked well this year for you? Have you won new clients? Have you perhaps grown your team? Are you a business of one person or do you plan to expand that team or have you done so? Perhaps you're working with a VA and you're beginning to think of the kinds of um, things that you could offload or outsource to that person or people. Perhaps it's social media planning or execution or content design. And that's an opportunity to think about how you can free yourself up by taking some things off your plate, which are routine, and giving them to people in your team. Which goals have you achieved so far? All of them, some of them, the big ones, the small ones, and are those ones which you planned to achieve this time, this year? Are you where you want to be? Okay. And where has your business come from this year? Has it come from online sales? Perhaps you've developed some programs online. We've interviewed loads of LinkedIn learning instructors over the years, many of them. And of course, they have access to the, the platform of all platforms when it comes to marketing uh, courses. And when you are a LinkedIn learning instructor, obviously that's like a rocket ship because you've access to thousands or hundreds of thousands of potential buyers around the world. Maybe you've got some programs on platforms like Udemy or other pl- programs which you've helped you know, bring money in from, and maybe you've found that's working well for you. Perhaps you're using online or offline channels, I should say, to network, to you know, get referrals. Are those channels paying off? How do you know? So think about that. Which of your products and courses have earned you the most this year? Are they still making money? And it's, it's sometimes tough to realize that you need to tweak things, perhaps prices or content, to make money from your programs. It's easy to get you know, what we call happy years and to think that all I have to do is to build my program and people will pay for it. And sometimes that's a painful lesson. I know I've done that. It hasn't worked for me, and I've had to make serious changes to courses I've built So which of your products or courses have earned you the most and what do you have to do to monetize them, okay? Um, Which marketing activities have generated the most leads? Again, is that online or offline? Adverts, conferences, um, keynotes? Which things are actually generating leads for you? Uh, Which was the most hardest part of 2023 for you? For me, it was the beginning, but things picked up in February and March. Um, what about your competition? Are you studying your competition? Do you have any? Um, and where are they? What are they doing that you could learn from? And I don't fear my competition. There are plenty of people out there who do what I do, perhaps not quite the same as I do it, but I'm learning from them by observing how they market themselves, how they engage with people on platforms like LinkedIn, and also the kinds of content that they produce, perhaps things like newsletters, etc. Which of your clients gave you the most business in 2023 so far? Were they local? Were they national? Were they international? And has this increased or decreased so far? For me, international business has really gone up. I'm actually traveling in August, working in the States and in Pasadena, in 
New York, New Jersey, and in Austin, Texas. And perhaps it's because of the nature of what I do, but a lot of what I do, most in fact of what I do, is international. And that, for me, means I've got to pay more attention to generating more international clients. However, there is, of course, some room for growing business locally. I live in Barcelona, and maybe that's something I need to pay more attention to, generating local business in 2023. What about accounts? Have you lost any? To whom and why? And which lessons have you learned from that experience? What do you do when you don't win a contract? That's happened a couple of times to me this year. I've written detailed proposals and I haven't won them. And, you know, you have to learn from that. What have you done differently? Is it the way you write proposals, the way you design them? Um, Is it the way you plan them, the way you send them or when you send them? There are all kinds of things that you can learn from proposal writing because it uses many skill sets. And I've learned by looking at other people's proposals to keep them shorter and to include things like testimonials and also to put the pricing at the top, not the bottom. And there are reasons why. We might actually look at that as a topic uh, sometime this year. Are there clients you can let go to grow? Because Inevitably, some clients are perhaps not as much fun to work with as others might be. Perhaps they're too much, um, they're consuming too much of your time. I know that some clients in the past have been really hard work and I've spent lots of time trying to serve them. And there's this funny dynamic whereby very often the people who are the hardest work are actually the least profitable. So you might want to look at that and think, are there clients I could move away from, I could afford to let go so I can grow in the rest of 2023? Can you afford that? And what, if you look at your clients, where is that client base? Are they down below? Are they up top? Are they high paying clients that you want to remove? Hopefully not. Are they low paying clients? And um, again, it's a tough decision to make. Sometimes letting go of clients is hard because you've perhaps worked with them for a long time and you always fear losing business by giving away uh, or saying goodbye to particular clients. But I know that when I've done that, I've actually felt better because those clients have been hard work. And altogether so far, what have you learned from the first half of 2023? If you could focus on one thing for the rest of 2023, what would that be? And because we're coming out of COVID now, in fact, we're almost completely out of COVID, I know that people are anxious to get back in the room, and I'm doing a lot less virtual training now and a lot more face-to-face training. What's worked really well for me in previous years, and I want to do more of, is to get back out on stage delivering keynotes, because when I do, I always get some kind of referral or introduction. Now, for the rest of today, we're going to look at four key things. First of all, your revenue goals then your marketing goals, your relationship goals, and finally, your investment goals. So keep writing, keep thinking about the answers to these questions as I ask them, okay? So firstly, what are your revenue goals for the next two quarters of 2023? And to me, there are two parts of revenue, okay? One is ways to increase profits, and two, ways to reduce costs. What do I mean? Well, If you want to increase profits, a couple of ways to do this include adding new products. Are there new courses you can design over the summer months? Think about those. Are there ones which you can take down because they're not selling? 
are the ones which need to be customized or improved in light of how the world has changed. Are you tracking sales to figure out which of your products, courses, keynotes are interesting or of interest to people? Are they in demand or is it best just to leave everything as it is? I know that when I think and do a refresh, there always are some courses or some things I can take down, refresh and replace with newer offerings. Reduce costs, that's the second thing. Um, are there ways to, to eliminate costs? And for me, that means thinking of subscriptions, okay? Um, are there things that you can get rid of? Do you currently use particular accounting platforms which are more expensive than they need to be? Are you using perhaps marketing platforms and you could in fact use cheaper ones? Are you tying up your revenue in subscriptions that you simply don't need? Now, when you do the maths here or the math, you will realize that all, all the subscriptions when they accumulate at the end of the year can be very expensive and can actually significantly affect your profit. So you might want to look at ways to reduce costs. Can you outsource some of the things that you do to people who can do them quicker, better, and faster, cheaper? And can you afford that? Is that a drain on profits? Now, you might think, well, hang on a sec, that doesn't make sense. Surely if I'm outsourcing things, I'm increasing my costs. Well, that's kind of true, but there is an opportunity cost to you trying to do everything yourself and I know when I've focused on revenue-generating activities and less on what I call uh, attention-generating activities like marketing, I can outsource those things to people and do things which I can bill for. And that's what I mean by revenue-generating activities. So are there things which you can outsource? You might want to evaluate current suppliers or contracts to, to find cheaper ways of doing things? Do you need business cards? Do you need um, particular things that you currently use? Can you use cheaper equipment? Uh, can you take advantage of online banking to lower fees? I've moved from traditional banks to banks like Revolut, and I'm doing a lot more things right now with AI and also online stuff to reduce typical costs to a business. And if you're not doing this, your competition are. Can you perhaps work with a financial advisor and help them to help you by reviewing numbers, reviewing your outgoings? Because you can keep bringing in money, but if you can't reduce your costs, you're going to decrease your profits. And that's a big, big drain on your business. The thing you don't want to happen is to reach the end of 2023 and look back and say, why have I not made more profit? And often it's because you've not actually eliminated unnecessary costs or subscriptions and drains on your profit. So think about the kinds of things uh, you can in the summer months to reflect on the ways to reduce your outgoings. Can you get them to an acceptable level? Okay, that's your revenue work for today. For the next couple of weeks, think about ways to increase your profits and reduce your costs. Next is marketing goals. And again, there are two parts to this. There is the offline element and the online element. The offline element means marketing through public speaking, uh, contracting with new clients, perhaps um, writing for industry magazines, getting stuff into print. That's worked very well for me. I wrote an article at the beginning of this year uh, for Coaching at Work magazine, and that brought in a lead. 
perhaps there are tasters you can do on site for companies. Many companies want uh, people to come in and give some kind of workshop, perhaps at some off-site event. And these are ways to generate uh, interest in your brand, in you, in your products by interacting with people. Perhaps there are ways you can do this with direct marketing. Something else which people have said to me is working really well is what's called lumpy mail, where you literally put your book or and some kind of printed material or a customized diary or something into an envelope and send this to people. Uh, perhaps you can find your find some competition which you can enter, you know, for training awards. Perhaps there are awards out there which you can enter to raise the profile of your brand. There are lots of award ceremonies looking for entrance because without entrance like you and me, they don't really work. So there are lots and lots of ways to generate marketing interest offline. Again, keynotes, public speaking, writing for magazines, sending people things in the mail, and perhaps entering awards, competitions, etc. What about online? Well, again, this is uh, can be complex, but you can use Facebook ads, Google ads. You can start a newsletter on a platform like Kajabi, or you can, as many people do, use LinkedIn's own newsletter service to provide something of value to people on a consistent basis, perhaps once or twice a week or once or twice every month. So think about your marketing goals for the rest of 2023. Offline, again, things like keynotes, writing for publications, contributing to maybe websites, guest writing, direct marketing, and entering competitions and awards. Offline and online. Online advertising, again, newsletters, and so on. Third thing today, your relationship goals. Again, there are two parts to this as well. So you have relationship goals, meaning your existing relationships, and secondly, new relationships. Existing relationships means moving current relationships to a new level. Perhaps you've got great testimonials or case studies. Are they on your website? And I've taken, I actually spent quite a bit of money this year and last year to have a professional videographer interview a client, in fact, a couple of clients, and I've got those videos now professionally produced with editing and audio, and they're on my website, and they look really, really slick, and people have said to me, they look you know, as good as anything they've seen. And the reason is, is because I've paid for professional videographers, so that's a chunk of money spent, but those videos are paying dividends because they're providing credibility. Now, to get those kinds of testimonials, you have to have really good relationships with people who are willing to say great things about you to prospective clients, but you don't get until you deliver value and you don't get until you ask. You have to serve before you deserve. So think about this perhaps in the coming weeks. How can you move from being a provider like anyone else to being someone with that special relationship with your clients so they feel comfortable referring you, recommending you, and introducing you to other people. So there must be ways for you to deepen your existing relationships, get great testimonials, get uh, referrals, get um, people to introduce you to people you want to speak to, and you will always get more business from people who refer you 
than from people who don't know you. And, and it's just so true. All of the top leads I've had over the years have been either where someone's taken a leap of faith, but then that's led to other relationships. And once you have great testimonials and great relationships, you can use that referral machine to get more quality ones. It's a lot less work than marketing you know, with ads from scratch. At some point, you have to obviously advertise, but over time, you really want to leverage or use uh, the existing relationships you have with happy customers to get you new customers, and that referral machine always pays dividends. But you have to get new relationships too, because as we've said, you will at some point lose some, some clients, they'll move on, and they work with someone else. And I'm thinking here of the kinds of connections that you want to establish. Perhaps there are particular brands that you'd like to work with. Perhaps they're you know, beverage companies or consumer goods companies or their public service or, or government bodies. You've got some accounts you'd like to get in. You'd love to get those names and have those testimonials or logos on your website. And if you look at the guests I've had over the years, they've worked for some of the top companies in the world, Heineken or Nestle or Bank of America, or NTT, Google, Facebook, uh, Zendesk. You know, I've had people on the show who have delivered training programs to the top companies in the world, and they've done it by working cleverly, and so can you. And there's nothing wrong with starting off small and then aiming big. It's really hard to go straight in the door to some of these blue-chip clients, but you will get there. If you produce quality offerings, which make sense and deliver a value to clients like that. And one of the fastest ways to do this is to get up on stage, in my experience at least. So networking, conferences, finding some way, if you can, to sponsor an event, to do some signing at an event, uh, to give some kind of um, event workshop. You know, when people see you and they hear you in action, they're more likely to go, oh, yeah, that's you, and I remember your talk, I remember you, and I love what you said. Could you perhaps come and deliver that to our company? And it's amazing how many people say that's how they got that break. It could literally just be you delivering one keynote which sticks in people's minds, and they want you back, or they want to introduce you. And that might mean that you have some initial conversation, and that leads to a bigger conversation. And that's worked for me as well. Just one talk on one stage, on one topic, can lead to really some amazing things. So perhaps that's something I could challenge you to do in 2023. If you've not yet done this, perhaps you could find some events and go along and give a talk there. Now, if you're uncomfortable with the idea of being on stage, you could always do this as a webinar online. There are many uh, groups, networking groups, that want some speakers online virtually, and that's something, again, which will open doors. The last thing today uh, is your investment goals. And again, there are two parts to this. There's investment in yourself and investment in your business. What do I mean by self? Well, first of all, think about the courses you take. If you have, as I am, um, if you subscribe as a premium member to LinkedIn, you've access automatically at least I do, I think you do as well, to LinkedIn Learning. And there are loads of great courses which you can access on LinkedIn Learning. And perhaps there are books that you want to read. And again, I 
I make a habit of reading one book a month, whether it's in marketing, whether it's on business, or something on philosophy, something which helps me as a person, investing in me, my skill set. Maybe it's a language. So I regularly scan Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine. I subscribe to The Economist. I read articles in The New York Times. And, and you just pick something up and you might find an article written by someone and you go out onto LinkedIn and you introduce yourself to them and then you find they have a course somewhere else and so on. So you have to st- spend some time and some money investing in yourself, whether it's a qualification, whether it's some kind of course. For example, you might want to invest in finance for non-financial managers. Perhaps there are some tech courses which you'd like to invest in. For example, right now, AI is really, really topical. And lots of people are saying that within five years, we will all need to have an AI co-pilot. What does that mean? What it seems to mean is that AI will literally be like an operations partner in your business. If you're not using AI for accounts, you'll be using AI for some kind of uh, customer service support. If you're not using AI for that, you'll be using AI for maybe some kind of marketing or content creation. ChatGPT is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think five years from now, you will need to be tech literate. If you think of it, there were people, I'd say back in the mid-2000s, who still were not comfortable with, with the web, with the internet, if you will. They were unable to market themselves on LinkedIn um, or on email and had no idea what adverts were, what Google ads were, etc. So you have to really invest in yourself right now to be in a good position because AI is coming. In fact, it's here and it's going to grow much, much quicker than the web grew. Within a couple of years, you'll see massive changes. So it's a good time now to start reading perhaps Newsweek. You know, there are loads of courses out there, loads of articles out there that will tell you the direction that AI is going and how it's going to affect your business, it is going to affect it. There's no way around this. And you want to be in a good place to take care or rather to be aware of the platforms and the software and the systems that will help you to market yourself, to create content courses, etc. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And the more I read, the more I watch, the more I look at YouTube videos on things like ChatGPT and MidJourney, It's just staggering. You begin to realize what's down the line, what's coming, what's around the corner. We have right now ChatGPT4. There is going to be some incremental improvement on that. Then there will be five and six, and it'll go from there. So think about the investment you want to make, whether it's in AI skills or whether it's in digital marketing or finance, etc. You've got to invest in yourself because as a consultant, as an expert in a particular subject, you really need to refresh your skills and make sure that what you're offering and advising your clients on or training them on or coaching them on is topical, up-to-date, and valuable. Okay, what about investment in your business? Well, again, maybe you want to think about a VA. You might think, well, I can't afford a VA. I would suggest you can't afford not to invest in some kind of VA because this frees you up to focus on things which you can charge for. If you're not actually doing things or working on things which you can charge for, there is an opportunity cost to your business. You might want to invest, therefore, in September, October, in some kind of mentoring program or business coaching program. And I did that for a couple of months this year. I had someone call me every single day for four minutes, a coach, to help me 
with my planning and keeping me on track. So you have to invest in your business, whether it's technology or hardware or some kind of software or even advice. You know, you want some uh, to be part of a mastermind or a coaching circle to help you invest in a marketing strategy. Um, I've worked with several coaches. That's an investment in my business and in me, and that makes me more valuable. And perhaps there are skills you've yet to acquire which can help your business. Um, I'm going to replace my laptop this year, and I've got some tech I'm going to acquire because this will really help me with productivity. Um, I invest in good headsets and good headphones. And and speaking of headsets, by the way, you might have heard that uh, my audio this week is different. The reason is I'm traveling. I don't have my normal podcast mic, but that's something else I need to invest in when I get to the States in August. So this has been, I think, an interesting episode. Even as I revisit this myself and read this stuff to you or uh, play this to you, I'm thinking of the kinds of things I have to focus on now in the summer months, okay? If you break down your year into quarters, okay, you've got time now in between focusing on where you've come from this year so far and where you're going to be starting in December, September, October, November, and into early 2024, okay? Think about the goals you want to set for yourself. Uh, Think of the goals you set for yourself at the beginning of this year. How are you going to keep yourself on track? And how will you get there? Okay, lots and lots of ideas. And I know that when I do this every single year, even for two or three or four weeks, it really focuses my mind on what I've got to stop doing, the stuff I've got to keep doing, and the stuff I've got to start doing. And you will find the same. You may not need to revolutionize your business, but if you just start thinking of small things you can do differently, small changes you can make to your processes, your procedures, your structure, your financing. This will really, really help you and give you confidence. What you don't want to do is start in at the end of August or September and then think, oh, I wish I'd taken some time. So by all means, find some time for downtime with your family, really important, uh, with your loved ones, but carve out some time to think about where you want to be in the rest of 2023 and how you're going to get there. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. As always, it's a pleasure having your emails. Please keep them coming, mark at trainingbusiness.com. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please drop me a line. Thanks as always for my team, Joe, James, Turul, Sam, Christina, Ignasi. We love the fact that you're listening and the fact that you're referring the show to other people. And if you think of people who could benefit from this episode and past episodes, then please let them know about the show. Otherwise, I'll see you next Thursday for a fresh episode of the Training Business Podcast. Until then, look after yourself. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.